Welcome to Automation Advocates, a show where we will talk about automation, manufacturing, and meet some of the personalities that are involved in the industry and get their perspectives. We hope you enjoy listening as much as we enjoy creating. Thanks, and here's the show. So no Sarah, no Charlie, but Justin's here and I got a special guest, Tyler. How's it going? Awesome. Awesome. How are you? Doing well. So give us uh, give us a little who you are, what you do. Obviously, I know who you are because we work together. But Yeah, I, I'm a process solution consultant. So I'm working with uh, anything that flows through a pipe and uh, trying to flow more of it through a pipe. And uh, <clears throat> but I've been in the in automation in that kind of arena for 20 years as an end user, uh, you know, integrator, everything in between. So. Sure, sure. And we are currently sitting in Minneapolis, but you're not from Minneapolis originally. No, originally from Southern California. Which is an interesting, uh, automation there is an interesting can of worms too, right? Because it's uh, just business in general, right? It's not a very business friendly place to be. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was the PC answer. Yes. Yes. Um, so, you know, we, we just had lunch. We were talking a little bit about just some of the the, the woes, the challenges, what, what it means to be an expert in something. But uh, let's let's take a, a couple of minute tour down the uh, down the way, way back machine while I clean my glasses here. Uh, what got you into automation? Uh, and, and kind of give us that preview of, you know, what it was like growing up in, in California for you and, and how you became a, uh, a tinkerer, I'm going to say <laughs> you, you are a tinkerer still. So I, and I like that. That's awesome. Yeah. I, um, I was on the, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up plan. So I, you know, went through, went through college. I think I tried every major at some point <clears throat> to try to to narrow that down. And, um, in hanging out with a friend, we were driving to pick up some sheetrock or something. And he was, he was saying like, Oh, well, tomorrow I got to go to work and we're going to, we're going to tune some big equipment. And like, what, what do you mean by that? I'm like, ah, it's, it's work stuff. I'm like, no, really? Like, what do you mean by that? Like, How oh, old are you at this point, by the way? I'm like 20 something. Sure. Sure. And so he, he's like, well, you know, there's this big equipment and there are these algorithms that, you know, keep it at the right set point. And, you know, my job is to go in and make sure the equipment is talking to the control system and then optimize how it's running. And, and from that moment I was hooked. Like I didn't, you know, I, I'd done some computer programming in school and I, I liked it, but it's always stuck on the computer. So there's this, this whole world where what I do on the computer also is in real life. And that, that concept was just something I hadn't thought through or imagined. So I was, I was hooked. So I, I convinced him to bring me in to his work. Uh, so he was, he was a contractor. He was, his company was a contractor on a job. I convinced him to give me an interview with his boss who was also there cause they were looking for some, some work. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and so they brought me in and they're like, Hey, you, you have a bunch of computer experience. If you can fix this problem, we'll hire you on the spot. And um, 
so that that was that was my intro in. So I I left the interview. I fixed the problem, and they said, "Hey, we kind of like you. You want to learn some of this automation stuff?" Yeah, and that's where I've been ever since. Well, and what's what's cool about that, and I remember I, I managed a software team for a while, and and the job titles always said software engineer, right? Even though it was controls or whatever, right? Like, and I remember we would get these people in and they would be like true software, software people. And at this time, early 2000s, right? We're talking database people and, you know, some of the banking stuff was just kind of getting to the internet, right? The internets were scary and oh, industry will never go there. I've told the story on the one time I was wrong in my life. Um, but but what's what you highlighted is kind of what got me too, right? So when you sit down and you explain to somebody like, when you click this button, that hundred foot long thing is going to move. And in your instance, right, that tank full of all sorts of who knows what, it's not going to be full potentially when you're done, right? Like it, it, it's a totally wild idea. And I don't think it's advertised at all. Like, hey, you can be a software guy, but you can make cool stuff move. Like it was never a thing. Yeah, and there was... I mean, we, we were having this conversation with another coworker earlier, like none of this stuff, like first robotics or none. I mean, there may have been some of that somewhere, but in the world I was in, you know, I had no purview to that growing up. So the closest I got to automation was like, I would nerd out with remote control cars and do sure, that kind of stuff. Sure. But there was just, I mean, there was nothing that even got me close at the time. Yeah. So. Yeah. And you're an audio video buff now right has that always been part of your other like even when you were 19 20 were you still tinkering with amplifiers and speakers and oh yeah yep so i you know play a bunch of instruments and sure dj on the side still um but back in high school it was how do i get the loudest bass out of my car and <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. how big of an amplifier can i shove in a Amplifier and speakers can I shove in a single cab Silverado? Sure, sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was there was always something taken apart on my vehicle or right. added or <laughs> yeah connected. So yeah, so definitely a tinkerer since forever, right? That's yeah. I mean, that was so there was actually a standing rule in my house that if something broke, it, it went to my room first so I could take it apart. Oh, and then. In some cases, I fixed it. So in that, there's a real early on story. You know, I used to listen to music before I went to bed. I was yeah. like eight. Sure, um, sure. And so my little tape player, like real tape player, like it stopped working. And so that, I mean, that was the rule back then. So I, I took it apart at eight and somehow took it apart and put it back together and it worked again. <laughs> So I got to continue listening to my music and wow. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's the, yeah. Tinkerer is a good way to put it. Like they're sure, just sure. really curious about how everything works and who put it there and why they put it there. And um, I mean, I think that attribute, that curiosity, I think if there was like one secret to what's going to bring you far in an automation career, mm -hmm. it's that, that curiosity that drives you towards, understanding like, okay, well, I clicked that button and that thing moved. Like, how did that signal get from A to B? And like, what is, right. What is that? 
And I remember for me, so I did an internship when I was in high school, right? And I, I think I've told bits and pieces of this where I could, I could see the input on the screen in the PLC editing software. And so I knew if I hit the button based on how it was wired, that would turn on that, you know, the output would turn on and something else would happen in real life, right? Like I knew that it happened, but I had no idea why. And then when I went to tech school and they're teaching you about all the chiclets on the boards, right? And the gates and ands and NPN, PNP, it all just like, and I went, holy shit. And everyone else in class is sleeping going, none of this matters. Why are we learning all this? And I'm like, no, 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 this is like the, wake up, this really matters. And no one, so yeah, it's, uh, it is wild. Yeah, that was my my first experience with a PLC. Um, so I would like, and I'm, I'm still, I don't even think I was 20 yet. I was helping my dad. My dad owned a small company and I was, when you, some, when your dad owns a company, you get to play every role there. So for sure, you know, for a couple of years, I was the warehouse guy. And so the, the warehouse next to us, you know, we, we got to know each other and what do you guys do? It turns out they were a little machine builder and, um, so one day they were like pulling stuff apart and like, I can see, okay, well, this is a labeling machine and it looks like bottles fly through here. Like what's wrong with it? And they're like, oh, we don't know. Uh, we think it's that box down there. I'm like, well, what is that box? And they're like, that's eh, a peel something. All the wires go to it. So we ordered a new box and we're just going to put it on there and it should work. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not an expert here, but feel like there's a piece we're missing here on this so right, right. um so yeah that's but that was the that was the first like memory i have of like where did i see a plc for the first for time? sure for sure well and it's funny you know you mentioned the word expert and we had talked about this a little bit over lunch too you know just the the definition of what an expert is is really interesting these days right and and i i say this without meaning negative intent to anyone out there, right? But there's a lot of people that have little to no experience that raise their hand and say, hey, I'm an expert, right? Um, and we talked about it, right? We both kind of probably pretty good at what we did. Um, I'm not em- embarrassed or ashamed to say that, but I don't know. I don't know that I love saying that word expert even about myself now. And there's absolutely things where I know people are like, you're the expert. I'm like, no, yeah, maybe, kind of, sure. Um, I guess what what advice would you give and, and wh- where, where do you feel like that kind of paradigm and shift happens where you go from, hey, I know everything to the eyes open up to going, hmm, okay. <laughs> um, my my first thought when you when you asked me that is, I was, I was thinking back to like my early twenties and I'm pretty sure if you had me sitting there, sitting here now, and you asked that question, I would tell you that I was the expert at whatever I was doing. Sure. Um, so there's, there's definitely an element of like, you don't know what you don't know, but I think that's all on the learning curve. Like, and, and that's where the curiosity comes into play is if you can, if you're curious enough to go, you know, break the barrier of, what is this? How does it work? And you're, and you're okay with getting your hands dirty. 
I think that provides you a lot of opportunities to learn mm-hmm. and, and take away some really valuable things that later in your career will legitimately make you an expert. Um, one of the stories I thought of when you asked that was uh, early on in, again, early on in my career, I'm doing a startup and there are these big medium voltage drives um, uh, for this municipality I worked for in California. And I, I was on the startup team. So, I mean, these are huge drives. They've never been powered up before. And so they were, they were looking for somebody to press the button. And so young 20 year old me was like, Oh, that sounds like a pretty important job. Like I'll go press the button. (laughs) And meanwhile, the rest of the, you know, the rest of the room has the, their finger on their nose saying, not me. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I didn't know any better. I just thought, I thought what a privilege, right. I get to go hit the button on this, you know, however expensive drive, Mm -hmm. like I'm the guy. Um, Later in my career, I found out, you know, some of the risk that goes into right being being that, and you know, the equipment damage, and is it hooked up correctly in the field, and all of the other stuff, which I'm sure the people that allowed me into that situation knew. Like, I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that I wasn't thrown into a completely ridiculous situation, right? Although times were different 20 years ago. Yeah, so, they were. Yeah, they were. Um, but I mean, had I had I known what I know today, there's, there's no way I'm pressing the button for the first time. Right. Especially when it's, it's not my equipment. It's never, you know, it's never happened before. Like just being in that front end of a startup, um, you know, there's, there's stuff that's that's why it's a startup. So, well, and for those of you listening along, so we're going to back up a little bit. So when we say medium voltage drive, this isn't like 50 volts AC or, this is 4,000 or higher, which is big, right? That's 40 times what comes out of your electrical outlet at home. So it's big, right? There's there's nothing medium about it. It's big. These drives are panels, electrical enclosures, probably the size of anywhere between two full-size refrigerators and eight full-size refrigerators, yeah, the ones the ones I was looking at were about eight full size refrigerators. Right, and so there's a lot of juice running through those things, and the other thing that you didn't mention that didn't dawn on me until later in my career either is something called arc flash. <laughs> so what we found out as an industry and what we've been mitigating for a long time now is this idea of like. When you hit that button, not only could something be wired wrong and go wrong far away from you, that whole box can explode. And so, like here at Rockwell, we have drives and and panels that are designed to handle the explosion, right? So they have a a big exhaust pipe out the top or out the side, and it goes to atmosphere. And that way, the the metal doesn't deform and shrapnel all over people. But, uh, But that's totally a real risk. And I remember my first power on at a Department of Energy site, we had a double refrigerator panel that was just 480, right? So nothing crazy. And I remember these guys showing up in their Kevlar blast suits with the rubber mat on the floor and like the fisher hook that you see at the swim pool. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? They're like, oh, well, if he turns that on and something goes wrong, I can fish him away with the hook. And I'm like, what could go wrong? I've turned that thing on and off a hundred times. And they're like, have you not seen the videos? Nope. 
And again, 20, 21 year old Justin, I don't know, whatever. Have you ever laid underneath a load being suspended by a forklift before? <laughs> I I have. Me too. <laughs> and my dad saw me do it, and he grabbed me by my boots and pulled me from out underneath there and gave me a reaming, like, no tomorrow. He's like, don't you ever. And then they explained to me that sometimes those hoses fail. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, that's a bad day. <laughs> it's a bad day. But I can say I have 10 fingers and 10 toes still. I think you've got 10 fingers and 10 toes still. So knock on for Micah here. We're, uh, we're still in good shape. A little bit of luck. Um, yeah. So one of the other things we talked about a little bit over lunch is just some of the kind of along that expert line, but just the perception. And, and so today our jobs are, I'm going to say focused on sales, right? We are sales resources um, with a commercial and technical background. So a little bit different than a true sales salesperson, but thinking about that expert title, um, plant tours, walkthroughs, and, and just building some of the relationships, right? Uh, we're coming out of COVID here. So in real life, it is January 18th of 2023. Things are still a little weird. There's still a lot of the Zoom and Teams things going on. Um, but kind of walk me through when you talk with customers, when you meet people for the first time, or if you're going after something new or like... What goes on? What 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 do you? What's your checklist look like? Of like, man, here's how, here's how I feel like I'm going to be successful. Yeah, that's a. There's a lot to that question. I think, um, I think at the heart of sales, my opinion is it's all relationships, and like with any good relationship, it takes time to build, you know, rapport, and you need to you need to understand the goals and vision of the people and, or person that you are, are working with or trying to work with. And it's hard, it's hard to establish that in, um, you know, just a virtual setting. There's, there's all sorts of other details and things that you can pick up when you meet somebody in person um, about them or even about what they're making or what, or about their plant or whatever, wherever you're, you're going. So I think that stuff's really important, and I, I think especially in the, over the last couple of years, we have we've made virtual work, mm -hmm. but I don't know if it's like in some of the engagements and stuff that you've been to recently. Like, um, I remember the the like one of the first meetings I got to be in person with people. Like, it was incredible to me how effective it was in person because we covered so much more. Like, there were there were more potential tangent tangential topics and stuff like that, but they, they all kind of came back and ultimately expanded the relationship and the scope for um, just establishing that trust, establishing the rapport, you know, moving forward to whatever's next. Well, and what's interesting there too, and, and I always think about time, right? So when we are in teams land, We've dedicated 60-minute blocks of time for a purpose. And then you go on site, and you're like, yeah, I set aside 60 minutes. But a lot of times, more often than not, 60 minutes turns into two and a half hours. And you're still just jamming, right? And they're like, 
I don't know whatever's on my calendar, but it doesn't matter because what we're doing here right now, this is way more effective. This is crazy important. We got to do this. Like, is that kind of, you're feeling that same thing? Yeah, for sure. I mean, anytime you can break out of the regularly scheduled program. Right, right. um, I mean, I think that's a, I think that's a win. I think it's also a sign of, of somebody recognizing your genuine interest and value that you bring to an organization. Sure. Um, so, I mean, there, there's some like mutual, it's, it's a beneficial thing for both parties. Like I, I want to understand what you're trying to do, um, you know, as a salesperson, because I, I'm, I'm trying to sell you something. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no way around that, but then the only way that I can really, again, my opinion, do that effectively is if I really understand your goals and, and what actually brings value to your organization. Right. Um, so if I, if I lead you down a trail of things that you don't need, um, that's not going to benefit our relationship in the long term. Right. And at that point, it's kind of a time waste, right? So the odds of getting that call back to say, hey, come talk to me again, lower, right? Because you just wasted a bunch of time. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's one of the other things that's come, like coming out of the last couple of years here, I think everybody views their time as being more valuable, whether, whether you say that or not. Sure. But I think, I think like anytime somebody's going to book, book you for some amount of time, I think there's an expectation that there's, it's mutually beneficial. Like if I'm, if I'm a customer, I'm expecting my time with you to bring me value. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if it's not, I think, I mean, there was, you know, some of this existed pre-COVID, but I think now I think it's it's really given people a line for like, you're either moving me forward or you're wasting my time. Like, and I right. got, you know, in the world of virtual meetings, you're all over the globe talking about all different things. And so, you know, everybody's time became a little more important sure. um, or valuable. And, and so, so, yeah, I mean, I think the, I think that's the secret to selling in the future is you got to bring something of value to the table. Otherwise, what's, why would I do it? Like, right. So here's an interesting stat that I saw via LinkedIn this morning. Um, Somebody, one of the guest speakers, it sounds like made a comment and the quote was, I believe something to the effect of 90% of the purchases that are happening out there are influenced by social media. And I think, well, for our industry, that's a little tricky, right? Because we don't, there's nothing social about what we sell necessarily, right? But I also ask the question too, as a guy who's not on Facebook myself, like Same. I don't, I'm, the only social that I use is LinkedIn. Same. Um, is that true for you? Is 90% of what you do and buy and I, I even think about like ads, right? Like we've had pop-up blockers for 15, 20 years now on our internet browsers. And like, how many of those ads are you clicking on? Like, how, how do you buy? I, so this is um, interesting. And I, I don't know where this puts, you know, I'm, I'm not going to jump into the generational thing and all of that. But some uh, of that does change for sure. For sure. I do feel like it puts me in a category because I, I see very, I can think of very few things that I've purchased because somebody else did. Sure. Uh, so I'm, you know, I'm an engineer at heart. So I'm going to go read all the specs and make sure that it fulfills what I'm trying to do. And, 
Sure. You know, is this speaker louder than that speaker? Is this amp? You know, like that's all the stuff that I'm looking for to to make a decision for what I think is best for me. Sure. It's sometimes a bonus if pe- other people think that this thing is valuable as well. Yeah. But, you know, that's for me, that's that's me. I mean, what about you? So for me, I'm in that same boat, right? Again, because I'm not, I, I snicker at the term influencer, right? Like, oh man. And I would say the, the biggest influencer in my life is one of the guys that's the least social media that I know is my buddy Kirk. Um, so worked together with him here. And uh, I got into bow hunting this year. I had not done this ever, right? I've rifle hunted over off and on. And, um, but he's like coached me through. He's like, hey, here's this flashlight I use, right? So I borrow his flash. And I'm like, holy cow, this is amazing. I have to have this one. Hey, check out these binoculars. Oh, wow, right? And so for me, it was somebody that I knew using it, not necessarily somebody on the internet going, hey, I got this thing, because it feels too much like a commercial to me. Um, but recently, I uh, so I went out duck hunting this fall, and I've never gone duck hunting before. So I'm like, okay, it was late season. It's going to be rainy. It's going to be shitting cold and windy. There's ice in parts of these back bays, right? So I'm setting the scene a little bit. I'm like, all right, I got really nice warm snow pants. I think I'm good. I need a jacket because the only jacket I have that's going to hold up in this temperature, two of them, one of them's a big bright orange one because that's what you wear when you're rifle hunting deer. And the other one's my snowboard jacket, which is big and silver and you look like a spaceman, right? <laughs> so I'm sitting here going, well, neither of these are camouflage. So I go to Shields and I, I didn't talk to anybody. I tried some on, found one that fit good right and me being an idiot thinking well this one jacket's my only camo winter jacket i'm gonna need it's great so we go out duck hunting we're successful we bagged a couple of ducks we whacked a goose i go out the next week bow hunting and i get all situated i've got my little tent right that i sit in out in the woods and i get situated in my chair and i pull back and all i hear is the fabric just this and i went well, this ain't going to work. So I go back to Shields that night, and I'm like, dude, the sales guy's there, right? The, the, and I love Shields because they're super knowledgeable, and I don't think they're paid on commission. They're just people that enjoy doing what you do. And I'm like, man, here's what happened. I had that brand jacket, and it was for ducks, and it made all the noise, and you could just see him shaking his head. And I'm like, what do you got? He goes, you in the market to buy a new jacket? I'm like, well, I'd like to shoot something. So, Yeah. <laughs> So we went and looked at this other one, and it's got like, it almost looks like Berber carpet on the outside, and it's super warm, and it's windproof, and I put this thing on. You could have a dance party on it, right? But I don't know that I would have found that on the internet, reading spec sheets or being sold to over a virtual, like, but when I put that thing in my hand, I tried it on, and I did the, you know, the dumb and dumber running in place motion, (laughs) and it was silent. I went, I'm in. Like, and I think that's the other piece for me is... Admittedly, I buy a lot of stuff off of Amazon. I'm sure you guys do too. I still, for a lot of stuff, I still like to go touch the real thing. Like I want to touch it before I buy it. Are you in the... Yep. Yeah. So here's here's my thing with reviews. Um, <laughs> is like, can you tell me the number of times that you've gone to a hardware store? Or, or like picture this for a second. Like you're walking into a hardware store... 
And there's some guy or gal standing outside the store saying, hey, if you're going to buy this rake, you should buy the one over there. Right. Like in any other context, like why would you listen to that person? Right. Like some, sometimes it's helpful. Like I've, I've been at aisles, you know, wherever, and some person will like stop you and like, Hey, you don't want that one. And like, okay, well why? And like, well, I bought one like in your story, like, right. I just had this jacket. Here was the problem with it. You should think about that when you're buying like stuff like that. I appreciate. Right. But you know, I, I don't know. It's just kind of a weird, to me, it's a weird deal. And then like, I feel like some of the rating systems are kind of gamed a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I, I got a gift over Christmas and we got a postcard in the mail and it was like, Hey, we'd love to hear from you. Um, here's a, you can get a gift card if you give us a five-star review of your product. <laughs> so like, I, you know, I, I'm already a little skeptical on that stuff, but then sure, to like actually sure. receive one. I'm like, well, this whole thing is getting returned. Cause I like, I trust nothing about the system now. Right. So, well, and the other piece is, <laughs> this is going to sound terrible and arrogant, but oh, well, <laughs> the number of one star reviews when you read stuff and you start reading through the commentary and you're like, did you turn it off and on again? <laughs> right? Like, those are the questions I have to ask. Like, there was one guy, I, so I ordered a pair of mittens and they're the most warmest, awesomest mittens I've ever owned. And uh, one of the people online is like, well, my hands still got cold. Okay, cool. Like, have you found any, like there was no, hey, I found mittens that work. Like maybe you got low blood pressure. Um, I was looking at some snow pants and somebody made the comment, well, the insulation doesn't go all the way to the bottom of the cuff. So if you're not wearing boots, your ankles get cold. And I'm thinking, who the hell's wearing <laughs> snow pants without... Are you walking outside in flip-flops in the snow? Like, that's not even a real comment. They, come on now. Well, and I mean, for sure some some bias in my story here is that, I, that I'll recognize, but this is the stuff that I'm like, okay, you've... Uh, like, this just happened with... I was going to buy a new 3D printer. Like, sure. same, same sort of deal. Well, this thing never works. I put it all together... And the instructions had me put it upside, like I put it together upside down. It doesn't work. Um, you know, like all of the things and like, okay, clearly you have never done this before. Right. Right. So, you know, you throw all those away. So then that, then that's throws off the rating even more. Cause if you throw out some of the like one star, right. Whatever, like you, okay. Whatever percentage of that, you didn't know what you were doing. Right. Um, then you're left with this like mismatch, you know, mishmash of like, eh, it's kind of good and kind of not. Or, right. And then on the other end, you have the people that are like, ah, I can make anything with bubble gum and duct tape work. This worked fine. You <laughs> right, know, right. better than nothing. I'm like, okay, well. Yeah. Well, and, and you're right. It does skew it. And I, you, you have to read through them. You can't just look at the star rating. And, and what I've noticed, and this is true, you know, I think about, well, when are, when are times that I've gone and reviewed something? And you know, usually it's when it pops up in the app and it's like, hey, can you please give us a one to five, blah, blah, blah. But I think usually I won't go out of my way to make a comment about something unless it's really, really shitty. 
or the best thing I've ever owned. Like there's never like, I don't know that I'd ever give a three and a half star rating on something and then take the time out of my day to go say something about it. Like, eh, it just kind of does what it's supposed to do. Uneventful, right? Like, but if it blows my socks off, I'm like, man, Tyler, you need one of these. Well, I'll go make a comment. Heck yeah. Yeah, I I guess I'm just not a believer in the system. Cause sure, I, sure. Cause there's, there's, I don't know if I've ever, like, been so excited that I've gone back and left a review, like, hey, everybody needs to to buy one of these. Sure, sure. But, I, I mean, I think I think part of that is, like, I, I hold some of that in so, like, that's weighted so low in my decision criteria that I'm like, eh. Like, does anybody, like, is anybody going to see it? Like, it's right. not... Like, I don't care about it, therefore nobody else does, which is, I'm sure, a terrible way to approach yeah. some of that stuff. But I don't know. Um, yeah, but I mean, back to your original question, like, the there's, I can think of more instances where I've, like, been to a buddy's house, and this one one friend in, in particular, like, every time I go to their house, I'm like, oh, man, I got to get one of those. Like, right, <laughs> right. Like, the last time it was a... Like an ear, an air purifier. Like I wasn't even in the market for an air purifier, but I'm like, man, what is that thing? And they're like, oh, you know, whatever air purifier. I'm like, man, does it work? I'm like, you guys have cats? Like I can't smell cats or like, yeah, oh yeah. yeah, that's why we have it. We have a couple of them. This is amazing. Like I need to go, right. I need to go buy one. Right now. So like for me, same, same thing. Like they just, they got a, a espresso machine, whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah, same thing. Like, oh, that that would change things if I, so, so to me, like it's all tied to the experiential. Yeah. Like, Oh, like I, I wasn't even going to buy one, but now that I see what it is, like, that's a whole, right. I, I, you know, I potentially need one now. Like how did, how did life exist without it? Right. In, in having to be able to do it. Right. And I think that's the difference for where, you know, when people are like, hey, people are buying whatever people on social media are schlepping. I'm like, eh. But I also don't watch the Kardashians or care who Kanye is married to, right? So maybe in that instance, you and I are in the minority, right? Because I don't really care. I'm I'm with you. <laughs> what shoes are they wearing? I don't know. And I mean, I even, even as I make some of those comments, I because I'm sure you have friends that are like, influencers yeah sure so sure. like i i for sure don't want to hurt their business at all um and i you know i respect the hustle right like they're without a doubt yeah if you can make a buck game on i'm, I'm not poo-pooing it yeah so oh man I, can i put you on the spot like yeah yeah go for it so if if you had an advertiser yeah um say hey justin Here's a bunch of product. Sure. We need you to influence it. Does that, do you keep your, like your view on that and hold true to like, this is who I am? Or do you, do you embrace it? Like, where does, where do you go with that? I mean, at the end of the day, I do live on Whore Island. <laughs> so whoever's got a checkbook and if anybody's listening, they want to throw some cash this way. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm willing to do it, but I also... Like if somebody handed me something and I'm, I'm looking around the lab here and this again happens to be Rockwell lab. So there's all of our stuff on the wall, but like if somebody handed me something and I'm like, man, I don't think that that's a good product, right? Like if you handed me something, I'm like, no way. Like mustard, I hate mustard. So if you came in and you're like, 
I have this really good mustard. Will you hype it? No. Because I'm not going to use it. Like, now, if it's something I'm going to use, right? Like, right now we're talking into MXL microphones and a roadcaster. Um, and if somebody's like, hey, how's the experience for the roadcaster? And, and would you be willing to do a commercial on that? God, yeah. Right? Like, this thing is awesome. It does everything. It's eight channels. It's got the button board. It's got all the left. Like, no problem. But I think there's that I'm for sale, but not blindly, right? Because at the mm. end of the day, it's my name. It's your name. And if it's not something I believe in or care about, eh, unless it's got like two commas. If somebody wants to throw like two commas worth of cash <laughs> at me, I'll say whatever the hell you want. Uh, but I don't think my audience is big enough for that. So so that's what it would take for you to eat mustard. Yeah, two commas. Must, man, to eat it, one, one comma. <laughs> I, I could do it for one comma. Man, I don't like mustard. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I just, I don't. And, and, and I think that's how I go about my day job, too, right? So we sell everything under the sun, right? Like, from, from a button and a terminal block to a high-end analytics system that runs in the cloud, right? And everything in between. Our job, your and mine, is to continue to grow revenue. Totally get it. If it's not the right fit for the person I'm sitting across the table for, I'm not talking about it. And I'm not going to try to push something I don't think that's going to benefit them. And I think this gets back to the relationship piece you were talking about. The one time I screw them or sell them something that doesn't work, don't come back. Right? Like, game over. Yeah. So I, I kind of view a lot of stuff that way, um, whether it's personally or professionally. Like, And it's also why, and this is a little bit of a tangential jump, um, people asking like, hey, can you put me in touch with so-and-so about a job? Mm. And I always get really leery. I'm like, like if this doesn't pan out, it looks bad, right? And so I, I can honestly say, like, I don't need to take my shoes off to count the number of people that I would legitimately go out of my way to, like, introduce to people to find a job. Doesn't mean I don't work with hundreds of hundreds of really awesome people. But, man, if I'm going to stick my neck on that block, it better be worth it. Well, those, I mean, those relationships are everything. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And. Having burnt some bridges over the course of my career, I'd not like to burn anymore. I'm good. Well, because the, the thing about automation world is that it's it's a small world. It is super small. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's the problem with burning bridges is that, like, you'll come to find out at your next employer that somebody's someone was related to the person that you told off oh, yeah. in your last job. Oh, yeah. Um and then that gets awkward, and that's super awkward. Not ideal. Yeah, yeah. I've had some exit interviews that have come back <laughs> later on in life. So the last few have been like, "Nope, I'm just looking for a better opportunity, moving on to greener pastures." But uh, yeah. yeah, so I I don't know. I mean, we're we're coming up on kind of the 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 time. I would say. Uh, What's interesting to me is where you started was, hey, relationships really do matter, right? And we kind of walked it through 
how you get into the industry, right? Or how you got in, how I got in, right? It was relationships. I think about the, the, the sales angle was relationships, right? And so that people aspect, it's super important in everything we do, right? Um, I don't know. Anything else we should cover before we, uh, anything burning where you're like, I got to get this out right now. Well, I mean, we started at process. We were we were just at mustard, right? Now we're back. Right. To, so, um, yeah the re, the relationship piece. I think you either like. I guess I guess I'll put it this way. I think if that's something that you have not invested time in or have awareness to, um, I think it would benefit you greatly to understand or ask kind of what that looks like to other people and understand that. Um, yeah. Cause like you just said, I, like I, I am in my current position on a referral. Sure. And, um, like I, I don't take that lightly. Like the fact that somebody would put, put their name out there for me. Like, I feel like I represent a lot of things. Um, and so, you know, coming into an organization, like I represent that, that relationship with that friendship, like, you know, they're on the line. I, I represent my family and my, the, the church I'm at and, you know, like all of these things um, need to be in line with, with who I am, you know, back to your comment on what, what it is that you would want to, to sell or do or promote on the, on the show here. Um, yeah. Like there's, it's, for, it's for sure important for, for those relationships to be consistent and in everything. Cause other, otherwise I think like if you, if you have no consistency in that, then like what, what really is your word? What, what are, what are your relationships mean? Like your, right. your integrity and your ethics, like kind of start to come into play on some of that stuff. Um, cause it's all connected. Like it all matters. So. For sure. For sure. So don't take silly photographs of things you shouldn't and put them on the internets and don't lie and don't be a jerk. That's, I mean, you're yes. <laughs> That's what I'm going to tell my daughter tonight when I see her. <laughs> Here are the three things that we discovered. Well, and, th and this is a complete tangent, but how thankful are you that cell phones with cameras on them were not a thing like when you were in school? I can't even imagine. Like, no chance. It would <laughs> it would have been catastrophic and terrible. And, and look, there are times now as a 40-year-old dude, like, I still have a little bit of a child streak in me, right? And I'm like, <laughs> it would have been terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Like, I, nope, I'm good. I'm super glad it didn't exist. Yeah, so that's the, I mean, I think that's tough, um, you know, for my kids too, like trying to put that all in perspective. Like, and I, I think there's enough of a gap with, like there was some, some interesting things is so like when I was growing up, like tech, all this technology is coming in. Yeah. Uh, you know, my, my parents didn't grow up with it, so they didn't know what it could do or not. And, right. um, so now being like living through that and then now trying to coach your kids through like, Hey, um, like at some point, everything you're doing today may, may come into context of whatever you want to do tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and you have to have some perspective of that. So, yeah, I think, I think we're going to see a lot of changes in the next couple of years with how this all works and what people willingly put online. And, um, 
And, right. and some of the, so, okay. I know we, we're coming to yeah, time Yeah, we're good. Here, we're but, good. Yeah. Um, have you, have you looked at any of this like uh, open AI, chat GPT? Like, have you, have you delved, like dived into any I've, of this? I've done some of the reading and I logged in and like typed in three things and then got distracted. So just enough to be dangerous. Yeah. So this, I mean, so if, if anybody listening has not done this yet, I'd, it's, it's a deep bunny trail for sure. But essentially the, the, like the quick version of it is somebody was able to gather a bunch of information create uh, some, you know, the column, artificial intelligence, machine learning, kind of all of that stuff. They were able to generate a model that goes through all this data and, and then made the model so that it can respond to questions that you ask it. And you can ask it some pretty, pretty crazy questions. Like give me, uh, write out a script uh, for a podcast in the tone of Justin Garski, like, and if you had enough sure. material on there, like, I, I don't think they crawled all your podcasts yet, but <laughs> right, right. In, in theory, like that's, that's where it's going. Like anything that's online um, can essentially be crawled and then used to generate more content. So mm. anything that's been posted on the internet, like when they gathered all this information is essentially the like brain trust of, of this technology. Right. Right. And, and, and some of the stuff comes out, that's coming out is pretty, I mean, it's, it's crazy good at how much it is. And there's even like, I forget the exact number, but the like next version of it is supposed to be like, again, I'm going to have the number incorrect, but like 500 times more capable than Jeez. the one it is today. So I see a future dialogue where we're going to sit back down again and we're going to talk about all things AI and machine learning, because for me, a lot of it's clicks and buzzes. I'm a, I'm a knuckle dragon mechanical kind of guy uh, that that pretends to know something about software, but uh, I, I I'm always interested and I have dabbled. So maybe that's the homework. I'll do a little tinkering with it. You do a little tinkering it, and maybe we sit down again and we uh, we deep dive on that. Yeah, it's a it's a whole conversation for sure. Perfect, perfect. Well, with that, uh, if you've got any last. Uh, Last words. Otherwise, I'm going to hit these two buttons and hit the uh, hit the stop. No, thanks for having me. Look forward to doing it again. Sounds good. Thank you, sir. And that's a wrap for today. Thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed your time with us, please like and subscribe. Keep the letters coming to automationadvocates at gmail.com. Until next time, thanks for listening. The opinions in this show are ours and not representative of our employers. While normally polished, occasionally we might slide off the rails and into the ditch. Forgive us for that one.